Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is Vanya Vasek. She is the founder of Fashion Art Toronto, which since its inception in 2005 has not just been a celebration of fashion, but of diversity, inclusivity, creativity. It's a really cool story, really cool journey. Let's get right to it. Vanya, it is so amazing to have you here on Fashion Talks. Thank you for joining me. I'm happy to be here. Hi. So before we get into all that is Fashion Art Toronto, tell us a little bit about you. What's your background? How did you, you know, where'd you come from? Um, Well, I was born uh, in Serbia. Well, actually, former Yugoslavia, which was which was the communist country back then um, to two like very young parents, both artists. Um, You know, my my mom is a visual artist. My dad is a filmmaker. Um, you know, so we grew up in, in that like sort of communist Yugoslavia, uh, back then they were almost also doing like very kind of fashion things. They were making tie dye skirts and, you know, selling, making feather jewelry, um, on the streets in, in Belgrade, uh, and, you know, having to like run from police because, you know, it was something that was not allowed to have your own business and, and to do your own thing in that sort of way. Um, and my parents who were young at the time, they had me when they were 21. So very, you know, youthful, uh, both of them studying also at the time that, you know, I was a, a baby, right. In university and doing their masters. And so very kind of like go-getters, uh, boundary pushers, obviously rebellious parents. So that's kind of my, my background story. So much is making sense already, Vanya. Yeah, of course, you know, there's the rebellion, right. <laughs> And then we moved to Canada together when I was seven years old. So, you know, just having that experience of just like being in a new country, feeling just kind of a little bit like displaced and a bit of a like an underdog outsider, you know, so that, um, you know, but, you know, again, like I I got into school and I I was always inspired by art, like thanks to my family, my parents. Um, Yeah. And then I I studied. fashion design at Ryerson University, you know, it was between, am I going to go to OCAD for art or am I going to go to Ryerson for fashion? Because both of those two disciplines, because of my parents really interested me. And I, you know, I went the, the way, way into, uh, into fashion design studying at Ryerson. And then from there, I launched Fashion Art Toronto before I finished um, school. I, I sort of just, you know, came up with that and off we went. <laughs> off she went. Well, before we dig into that, you know, relationship between art and fashion, because that sounds like such bedrock for you and fat and, and your history. Can you write, like, I have this theory that all of us who, who love fashion, who work in fashion have a moment, maybe when we're young, where it clicks for us that fashion, clothing is more than just covering our body and protecting us from the elements. And I'm wondering if you have a memory of when that, that, you know, that domino fell for you where you went, aha, this stuff, this clothing apparel business, it actually does way more than I thought. Oh yeah. And I think that was for me when I was, um, you know, in when I was in high school and it was like kind of, you're discovering, what you want to do, what you want to be. And at the time, like, of course, I was, you know, influenced by my mother, who was like, she works a lot with textiles. 
um, and unusual materials. And, and she was doing things like with fabric, with incense, like burning holes in pages of books. She was, you know, using acrylic paint, all of these different mediums. And of course, as her daughter, I would, I would kind of watch what she was doing. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, let me take those kind of ideas and see how I can do it with clothing because I love to dress up. I love to like, you know, and so I started experimenting with some of these kind of unusual materials. Like I would take like an incense and, and burn holes in, into this kind of mesh fabric and, and then wear that outfit. Or I would, um, you know, go into the city of Toronto and take pictures of like, you know, decaying walls. I was interested in decaying walls. I don't know what happened there. but <laughs> And then I would buy like fabric that was kind of mimicking like a canvas, you know, like how the that blackout fabric that you use for like curtains and stuff. So I would take that, I would paint like all these, these, you know, scenes of like decaying walls onto clothes and make jackets and things like that. I would, I would stitch like erotic scenes on shirts, like really stuff that was experimental and fun. Right. And I think for me, that was the moment that was like, oh, well, fashion can be, can be fun. It can be a way to express. It can be a way to experiment. It can be a way to say something about yourself because, you know, when you wear clothes like that, that are a little bit odd and awkward or something unusual, people look at you and they stop you on the street and they go, oh, like, where did you get that? Or that's kind of interesting. So it's like a way to start a conversation. It's a way to like also engage with people. It's a way to be noticed and like make yourself kind of seen, I think. And I love the power that clothing can do that. And and make you feel a certain way, you know? So yeah, I think those were the beginnings. <laughs> well, and I think to appreciate that kind of notice me element of fashion, there is an intrinsic confidence inside of people that makes it appealing for them to embrace fashion that way. Does that resonate a little bit for you? I think so. I mean, yeah, there's different, we're different types of people, obviously, right? Not everybody wants to be seen and noticed. You know, some people are going to hide with clothing and wear all black and hoods or whatever. And it's all about the way you feel too, right? You not, might not always want to be noticed. But yes, I think for me as a person that maybe is more extroverted, that was like a joy and a pleasure. Is there anything else besides, because I'm just thinking, you know, I wanted to talk about this relationship between art and fashion for you, but it sounds like there's a little bit of, but it's just always been a thing. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. They just are inextricably linked. It's always yeah, been that I, way I for you, so. it sounds like. And for me, it's like always, uh, there's also like another moment where I discovered this like amazing book that was called Unfashion. And it was just like, for me, this book was like, it was just a pages and pages of like um, visuals, you know, people from different parts of the world. You didn't necessarily know where they came from, but it was just like pages of these interesting people wearing things that were just, it was like street culture, but from all over the world, you know, someone had a watermelon on their head, like that someone had, you know, repurposed like cans that they found, you know, soup cans and made them into earrings or a headpiece or like, you know, the crossing guard with a bunch of pins and, and like, Things like that, that were like kind of non-commercialized fashion moments that were like that the people wore. That was about like everybody can kind of have this expression of fashion. You know, that to me was really attractive, that the fact that it can be attainable by everybody. It's not just, you know, in the fashion magazines that somebody has painted a picture for us and this is the, the new trend and the desired thing. 
It's about how can we express ourselves through just the things that we have within our own society and our own culture, like from all of the worlds. How are people in the Balkans dressing? Like, how are people dressing? You know, and that to me was fascinating, you know. Well, and I, I was just thinking as you're saying that, that it's easy to take for granted how elite fashion was for so long. Like we live in a time now where because of, of, of fat and other like-minded organizations around the world, there is this democratization. There is this embracing of street style, but this is like not, you know, that is still a relatively newly embraced by a larger community element of, of fashion. So like when you started fat, the idea of having runway shows that weren't a traditional like haute couture, you know, mainstream fashion, what was the climate like for that? Yeah, I mean, the fashion at the time was very sort of straight, um, you know, white, it was thin, it was standard, it was very commercial, it was very exclusive, you know, you couldn't get in just because it would be being anybody, you had to be somebody to get into the thing to have a front row seat to have, you know, access to these to these things. And that was sort of the climate. And it wasn't very, like, in my opinion, like experimental or forward or boundary pushing. It was just kind of like, here are the trends. Like, this is fashion week. This is what we're seeing on, you know, it was more like, um, yeah, like it was more ready to wear type of things, you know, from coming from my community in, in Toronto directly. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was sort of the atmosphere and the vibe and it was exclusive. And so for me, I didn't like that. I wanted to fashion to be about something. I wanted it to say something and I wanted to feel something from it. You know, I wanted to be in a space that would be like welcoming, inclusive, celebratory for everybody, welcoming everybody, exploring different ideas that were diverse and and not just one sort of perspective or opinion, you know. When you think back to that first fat in 2005, how would you paint that picture? Like how did you bring those things, that feeling that you're looking for, that inclusivity that you were looking for? How did you bring that to life? Take us back to that first fat. What was it like? Yeah, I think, I mean, of course, it was like, I was super naive. It was like, you know, I was in school for fashion design. I had no clue about anything about running events or producing events. So it was very makeshift, you know, like, I was learning, but I think the energy was there. I engaged a lot of my students, like students that were in class with me, um, people who were doing really kind of unusual experimental things, um, you know, the subcultures of, of the fashion scene. That was always something that Fat explored, you know, the alternative, the hip hop, the, um, you know, sort of different people that are embodying fashion in different ways. And um, yeah, we just, we kind of just went to a club. It was in a club in, uh, uh, on King Street. I can't remember even what the name of it was. Uh, and then we had something in a gallery too. Now you're making me remember that. Like, so the whole gallery thing, I remember I did like a fashion performance too, which was like, I went up on this big ladder and I had this parachute. I wore this huge parachute. And of course, there was another piece that my mom was doing some artwork with. So of course I appropriated it from her. Thanks mom. <laughs> yeah, thanks mom. You know, um, but I got up on this like huge ladder and it was so tall and it was just this giant dress and and I gave this like speech about like what what fat means, like the meaning of fat, like, and that was my performance, you know, my fashion performance. And that was one of the things that was the first fat, you know, so had always those elements of like performance art, 
video, film, uh, music. We had also bands performing. We, you know, it was kind of bringing all those disciplines and mediums together. We had an art exhibition as well in that other gallery space. So yeah, that was kind of the, you know, and I think when you're like youthful like that, you're a young student, like this is the time to like be gutsy, be bold, like do things that are unexpected. Right. So that's, that was that moment. I've heard you describe it as super naughty. Yes, it was very, very naughty indeed. (laughs) Yeah, it is naughty. Fat was a very naughty word um, at the time. And I mean, I, I called it fat on purpose. It was supposed to be like, you know, in a way like a nephew to the, to the typical standard, standardized fashion perspective where it was skinny. It was, you know, one type of person always represented. And I wanted that like fat to me, fat was like meant to be like, to have substance, you know, to be more meaty, more like kind of juicy, you know, and that's the things, those are the things that we kind of explored. And of course it was naughty. It was a naughty word. Fashion people did not like that word fat. (laughs) It was rejected, you know, in a sense. Right. But it was also very much accepted with open arms by, by another group of people, which is great. So we definitely built that community um, that was different, that had different perspectives, that wanted to be in a space where we were exploring diversity. And that was for them, you know. When you think back through the history of fat, because we're coming up on November is the next the next season. How many how many years will it be now? My math is very it's bad. It's gonna be uh, still we're in the eighteen years. So yeah, the big twenty yeah. milestone is still on the horizon. Yeah, but that it's is on the a, horizon. Yeah, that is a lot of history. So when you kind of reflect, are there any kind of key memories or milestones that you think back and go, oh my goodness, like I didn't realize it, but that was a fork in the road, or that was a real moment in the trajectory of fat? Yeah, I think that, you know, space plays a big um, part in, in, in shaping Fashion Art Toronto. Um, and we always sort of are trying to choose venues and locations that are not typical fashion spaces, to be a little bit more edgy, a little bit more experimental, to have a bit more of that, um, you know, grit, I guess, like something unexpected. And I remember one year it was our fifth five year anniversary um and we found this spot in um, liberty village at the time was just industrial and it was uh studio city film studio so it was a film studio there in liberty village it was a very very sort of dark space and so like i remember the feeling of going there as an like for an audience member as, as if you were going to some like underground fashion rave like where am i going where is this like i'm totally out of the way like so there's that there was that feeling, but also what that particular event or space brought was these, um, in the back of the film studio, there was these changing rooms and they were like, you know, for, for actors and artists, they were like mm-hmm. the, the dressing rooms, right? So we, we took all of those dressing rooms and there was about 10 of them and we made them into, um, it was called the dressing room project. So we invited artists to reinterpret the idea of a dressing room and they brought sort of like videos and films performance was happening in these spaces and they were sort of like out of the way so you as an audience member you had to really find them and discover them and so you entered and there was in one of them there was like you know this massage table and they were giving like these massages and it was like steamy and it was like like a sauna it was very weird and another one was like 
you know, everybody could write on the walls and, and, and sort of like with lipstick, it was like lipstick mirrors everywhere. It was like things like that. And that was sort of the first time that, you know, we could create this environment that really incorporated art and it really could become like this immersive, like fashion kind of experience. So that was like definitely a key moment, uh, for fat. Um, and then another, like something else that we did that was sort of made us grow as a festival was inviting international um, designers and artists to participate in That's the event. Cool. So early on, we would have like a focus country. So we had one year we had the Netherlands, one year we had Mexico, uh, we Serbia, we did Germany. Um, and so, you know, because fat really sort of the the concept grew from London, like that was my inspiration of fashion art Toronto was that London scene and the experimentation there and you know Europeans they have sort of a bit more um it's a different sensibility right there's a sense of rupture and movement and unexpected I don't know juice that it all kind of mucks together in a way that I I get what you're saying like as you're describing it I'm like it could be in London it could be in New York like it was not a typical Toronto vibe no and so bringing these designers from like outside of Canada was like important to sort of showcase what people were doing um, around the world. And, you know, we all, of course chose people who were sort of a bit more edgy and innovative and to bring like Canadian ideas to them as well and promote some like that kind of like cross-cultural exchange. So that was like a really kind of great time in, in that history. Um, and then just like, the performances, the shows, like for me, like those are the markers of Fashion Art Toronto and what stands out, like things that, you know, happen on that stage that involve performance and that made you like feel something, you know, for example, like one of our designers put like a whole, uh, you know, can of glitter on the hats of each of the models. And as they walked out and then swung their heads around, the glitter would make this like, crazy beautiful halo around like you know things like that or like one year we had Maison Chardon vacuum seal models on the catwalk and provide only little tubes where they could breathe like things like that they're just like what the you know that's where the envelope moves like that's what moves the needle right like if if not within these like with without creators who are willing to take big swings like big creative risk swings sometimes they're cool sometimes they might not be as successful but without those then we don't we don't grow creatively yeah. socially anyway yeah and it's the ability of these designers to push push these boundaries to say something with their with their collections with their presentations that that those like <gasps> wow moments, you know, like that's kind of what I live for, for, for fat. That's what I want to sort of showcase every season all the time, you know? Yeah. Talk a little bit more about the importance of the runway show, because, you know, that is still very much an anchor of fat. It is something that has, you know, had its, you know, ebbs and flows over the years with like social media and live streaming and, you know, AI and stuff like that. What to you is the power of the runway show and why it's still so important? I mean, yeah, I think there's nothing like a runway show and it's, it's still like the essence of fashion or Toronto. We, we have the runway show is always at the core of everything that we do. Um, 
And I just think that it's a way for, you know, it has so many different levels and, and why it's great. It's, you know, designers, first of all, they, it's a platform for them to kind of share their story and, and like present their collection and their concept in a way that's like through movement. You are directly there with, you know, your public and you're sort of talking about your work, you know, and you can incorporate performance, you can incorporate music and sound and, and sort of it's a moment for you as a designer, even if you're not making, if you're only like doing streetwear and it's simple clothing, it's a way for you to like push the boundaries in that moment to do something a bit more experimental and out of the box, you know? And, and also it's like a chance for the community to come together, right? As an audience member, you come to a show, you're not only seeing the show, but you're seeing other people, you're connecting, you're, you're, you know, you're networking, you're seeing the fashion of others, right? Like you're, you're kind of there in, in the space. I think it's a really important platform that, that can't be eliminated because we have these sort of like, you know, virtual sort of other, other ways. It's just something that you experience. That's just like magical. It's like a performance, right? When you go to a theater, you, you know, you can't, you don't want to eliminate that. It's because you have movies, you know, it's something completely different, like, right? You're there, you're breathing, you're li- living, you're seeing, and all of that. That's the magic of, of the runway show. How, how would you connect the dots for someone? Because I'm just imagining like, maybe someone is listening in a smaller community and they're like, you know, that all sounds very cool, but like, I, I don't, engage in, you know, alternative fashion. I'm very happy in like my, you know, cozy wool sweaters and t-shirts and jeans. How do you explain to people the important connection between fat and what we will buy like in the stores, in the malls? Like, do you make that connection for, for people? Well, I think like we have such a diverse roster of designers at Fashion Art Toronto. You're not just going to come there and see only sort of wild out of the box experimental ideas we also have ready to wear streetwear couture evening wear like there is really everything and something for everyone and we also curate the event in that way so like you know for example you want to see only you know beautiful gowns and and high high fashion you come on a specific night you want to see more streetwear and edgy experimental you come on another specific night so it's it's kind of curated so that if you do want to see different things diversity last last year we had a whole focus on sustainability and showcased you know designers who are working with um, reworked fashions and or reworked materials and sustainably focused um so it's a different a lot of different ideas i think the point is that it's explored um in a more engaging, immersive way, right? So that it's it's a show. At the end of the day, you're coming to see a runway show and to be inspired and and to witness something that you maybe would not have seen before, whether or not you're going to buy that or not, right? And that designer mm-hmm. may have created this look just for the runway, but then you go on their website and then you can buy like a, a basic t-shirt. And that's sort of like, you know, there's the two different ideas there, but you're buying something from them from, from this concept, from this idea, you're buying their brand at the end of the day. Right. Well, and, and just continuing to reinforce the, the power of that unity between art and fashion and fashion as art and how 
you know, working in a creative space just has ripple effects that we can't predict all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of things that aren't predictable, I want to talk about fat and the pandemic because, you know, this was a upending time for all of us. What was it like for you looking down the barrel of the next season being not that far off and lockdown happening in Toronto? What was it, what went through your mind? What was it like for you at the beginning when that started? Yeah, that was a very interesting time indeed <laughs> for everyone. I love how we have too. this space now where yeah, we kind yeah. of laugh and say, yeah, it was yeah. kind of an interesting time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. Um, well, actually, it was, it was interesting because this was our 15-year anniversary uh, th- that time. And as a, as a way to celebrate, we came up with this, with this theme, you know, because fat is very much a community, right? Um, and togetherness and all of that supporting each other. So we came up with this theme and it was called, we are all in this together. So this was our theme. <laughs> You're so prophetic, Vanya. <laughs> and, and then, and then the pandemic hits and this is echoed everywhere across the world, you know? So it was kind of like timely, I guess, you know, um, that this happened, but no, my feeling was like, uh, I have to do something like I can't sit still. I have to do something. Let's continue. Let's, let's create, let's, let's, you know, everybody was shut down and, um, you know, we started like, you know, obviously when the, when the, a little bit of the restrictions were being lifted, we're like, okay, let's go, let's put together like a small crew, you know, let's, let's work with these limitations. Okay. We can't be in a venue. Like what can we do? So we can go outside, we can find spaces outside, we can be in nature, you know, and sort of these like limitations provided a lot of creativity actually, because now we didn't have an audience. We didn't have big sound and lighting and technical and all of these things that with an event um, that you have, you just had nature and the elements to really work with and a small crew, your designers and models. And, you know, um, and so the first show that we ever did was, um, was also like during, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. The first show we ever did was with Luomo Strano, a queer black designer who really throughout his work and throughout the history of fat has always talked about um, blackness and queerness in his, in his collections. But this was a particularly like key moment in time because, you know, with sort of the, the brutal killing of of George Floyd and, you know, there was a real big uproar um, and his collection was about that. It was like a protest um, to, to, to that time. And so we found this sort of, alleyway um somewhere in the exhibition place and you know it was a bit like kind of I don't know it was like it was naughty too right? it was it was a naughty again right <laughs> but we we just went there to do something to create and to to say something and um Mick you know in, brought all these beautiful black queer models um and dressed them in in their colorful vibrant collection and had these flares, you know, these colorful flares that that the models each each carried, and it had this feeling of like protest and power, and you know, us being there in that time, which was the lockdown. It was just like really kind of a big turning point and a real kind of big moment um, for Fat and for him as well as a designer. Um, and then from there, we went on to you know to do twenty five locations across. Toronto, we filmed um, probably 50 shows. Each location 
we did about three different spots in each location. So we now we curated the designer with the location. Um, and we went to places like the, the water filtration plant and Ontario Place, Science Centre, Ripley's Aquarium, like all over Toronto, really highlighting sort of these iconic spots, which were also in shutdown, right? Like they were suffering too, um, because nobody was going to these places now that were yeah. really tourist places. Um, and so it was kind of like a nice collaboration between the city of Toronto and fashion and highlighting like these landmarks, these iconic places where people were not allowed to go into and highlighting them, highlighting the designers and sort of having this sort of like community um, keep creating and keep sh sharing ideas uh, in that particular time. It sounds almost like a cliche in a way, or, or cinematic even, that during this time of such uncertainty and, and stress, um, it was a real time of creative growth and, and inspiration and collaboration for fat. Like that which you have always been really could excel and flourish during, during a time of limitations. Absolutely. I think those limitations were sort of the inspiration, you know, to create something completely new and, and work with the elements, you know, work with film and video and having drones and going to alleyways and filming models. Like, I think that was really exciting, you know, to sort of like shift that perspective of what the fashion presentation could be, you know, and how it can be presented. And, and, and also it was great that it was really public it was for the people it was free you know everybody could watch it um you know from their home and 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 experience fashion and that was really really cool too how do you think that has helped fuel the engine of of fat and the designer artistic community in in toronto and beyond do you see kind of the fruits of of that time you know having having a life even even now years after yeah, I think so. I think it's allowed like us to really rethink how we how we present fashion and also like, you know, in the future I'd love to incorporate some of these spaces and and work with the city more and bring fashion to the streets in a way, you know. I think that is definitely something that I'm envisioning like for the future to to sort of take it more um, you know, to work with different spaces and venues and, and have it across the city rather than in just one space. I think that could be really exciting uh, and interesting. Um, but yeah, and it's allowed the community to, to come together and also see Fashion Art Toronto as a place for community, like that they can belong to and be a part of. And I think it was important for a lot of these designers and models who like, you know, it was a hard time during COVID, right? Like you couldn't do anything and you couldn't really socialize and this was kind of a way that you could because we were technically like a film crew now. We were we were now filming. We had film permits. We had all of that thing. We had to switch it all. It all. So um, yeah, it was a good good time for people to still be able to create and come together and 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 you know um, do something. Well, and it it seemed to me that there was a a kind of shift of an appreciation of fat evolved into a, oh, fat is like an anchor. Like it is an essential part. It's not this like cool fringe thing that happens. Like it seemed like there was this kind of growing understanding of the essentialness 
of fat for the for the fashion community. Yeah, and I think part of that too was not just COVID and the fact that we sort of continued, but it was also like in that time of COVID, we had Black Lives Matter, we had the body positivity movement. And so this sort of like the notions of diversity and um, inclusion really came into play in fashion at that time. And then we were like, hey, we've been doing this for like, you know, 15 years now. So (laughs) we're not new, FYI. Look look at us. But, you know, so it was, I think, that realization from the community that, oh, wait a minute, Fashion of Toronto has been pushing these ideas forward for, for years and years and years, has been a place for people who can be themselves. Like, you know, we've had so many trans uh, gender fluidity. This is, this is like sort of what we've been doing from the beginning, you know, various bodies um, ex- explored at, at Fashion Art Toronto. So I think all of that together kind of combined, like allowed fat really to, you know, be elevated in, in, in the eyes of, of the fashion community finally. So that's good. <laughs> It only took 15 years in a pandemic, but you know what, whatever. (laughs) Hey, you just got to keep going, right? Sometimes if you're ahead and it takes, takes time for, for people to either, you know, for those ideas to catch up or, you know, just for you to be embedded in the culture for that long, for you to, to make yourself heard. It just takes time. Right. Oh, well, being a pioneer, being the first does not, it does not mean it's the easiest path or the path of, you know, uh, acceptance in a really expedient way. It can often be the most challenging path. For sure. Yeah. But then now it's, it's rewarding now because like now I'm after that, the pandemic, you know, just first time being in a space and at the, um, design exchange, and we created a runway that was like, okay, now we're going to highlight the audience. Like it's all about the audience because we missed you guys so much. Like, so the audience was everywhere, was in view, was on the camera and just like looking at that audience and going like, wow, like these are the real, these are the people I want to attract. They're diverse. They're from everywhere. They're bringing their fashion. They're wearing, you know, what they feel like they're expressing themselves in. Right. And I just felt really proud in that moment of, of the event and, and how far it's grown and who it's really attracted, you know. We're coming up on the next uh, fat season for people who have never been or are listening and can't come without giving away, you know, secret awesomeness. How would you describe like what could people what can people anticipate from the from the next fat? Yeah, imagine it's like a place where you can go with your girlfriends, you can hang out with your friends, you can, you know, dress up. you know, be fashionable or dress what you feel comfortable in, um, see some amazing art uh, from installations to photography to fashion films. Uh, you can shop over 20, 30 Canadian brands in our, in our pop-up shop. Um, you know, you can meet people. It's a place that you, um, you know, is a really open to communication. Like you go into the space and people are like, oh, hey, who are you? What what are you wearing? What's this? What's that? Like there's a real openness and friendliness to to the space and the environment, whether or not you know anything about fashion or not. And then, you know, you come and you see like amazing fashion shows. You know, we have probably about 30 shows this season that you can watch uh, four days of runway shows. 
um, anywhere from, you know, uh, ready to wear, um, streetwear. We have like really experimental, forward looking fashion. We have couture. We have, you name it, <laughs> everything. So it's really like an exciting fashion program. And then we also have the fashion. Uh, playground where you can see like fashion performances, um, dance performances as well. You can also go on stage and and walk a little bit of the catwalk and capture images of yourself and take pictures. So it's just like a fun, immersive time to discover art, to discover fashion, um, you know, and to, to just have a great time and be inspired. Well, and we'll put a link in the in the show notes for if people are in the in the area or want to travel in and and get tickets and check it out. We'll put that link below. Vanya, thank you so so much for being here. The fashion community needs you. Thank you for everything <laughs> you. that you're doing for for fashion and inclusivity and diversity and and communities all around the world. Where can people follow along to? connect with you to learn more about fat and just be a part of the fashion art Toronto orbit and community. Uh, well, they can visit our website, fashionarttoronto.ca or on our Instagram page. Um, we tend to post recaps there. If you're not able to attend, you can watch some of the fashion recaps, best dressed, uh, clips from the runway. Uh, and that's on our Instagram page at fashion art Toronto. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today, Vanya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks. It would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at CAFA Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B. All of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.